0: I'll read First Corinthians chapter 15, 54 to 58. I could have just gone straight to 57, but I want us to have a little bit of context. So, 54. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 55 old oh, death waste your stink. oh age waste your victory. the sting, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the Lord. Uh, let me just make a comment there. this is profound because from time to time it is essential for us as Christians to know that this isn't everything. Because if we only have hope in this world, the Bible says that we are of all men most miserable. We might as well marry, mess about, and be stupid like other people if this is it. But there's coming a time, and if you do you not know, grasp this, there's no reason to be a Christian. That is, we're gonna be we're gonna be completely above all the power of influences of sin. But whilst we're on earth, the beautiful thing is that the power of death is destroyed. The sting of death is sin. The strength of the sin is the law. But because we are not under the law, we have been liberated from the power of sin and death. Glory to God. But then, before you get there, he was trying to do a presentation and the fact that Our life is beyond this, and that there's something that is more profound than the things that we could see. And in the book of Corinthians, a lot of things happened. And in this particular place, it was talking about the resurrection of the dead, and it was talking about some mysteries. And then after his presentation, then he gets to this place that we shouldn't be afraid of anything, and we shouldn't be swept away. So he says, but thanks to God, in 57, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at 70%. And I've, got I've got victory. But thanks be to God who give us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, therefore. Therefore, based on all of this, hallelujah, based on the fact that we have a glorious expectation of the presence and the power of God, we have a glorious expectation that one day we're going to be with him, hallelujah, based on all of these things. Because many things will happen to dissuade you. Many things will happen to confuse you. Many things will happen to shake you. Many things will happen. There will be dimensions of doctrines. Now, if you look at this place, it was actually quite doctrinal. Because it was talking about people who mislead people and tell them about stuffs that are not in, in agreement with scripture. There are so many things that would want to move us. There are so many confusion that would happen. There will be so many questions that you'll be unable to answer. But it says, But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But then, what am I supposed to do? Then it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren. We're, We're brothers and sisters. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Or knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But I want to show something here. Before I begin to break this down, all I just wanted to do today is to stay with 58 and just talk about those four things. But before that, I want you to know this. Anything you want to do in Christ, anything you want to do for God, must have a starting point in Jesus. That's always the starting point that's always the starting point god doesn't ask us to do anything except that which is already done for us and provided for us very very important it is it is it is if you want to do anything for god and you want it to be accepted by god and you want to be victorious in life your starting point is the finished work of jesus listen to that your starting is the finished work of Christ. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong because they want to start their own stuff within themselves based on their own power, based on their own ability. No, your starting point is the finished work of Christ. So it says before the therefore, before giving you advice, before telling you what to do, he says, But thanks to God who has given us victory, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our lord jesus christ now you need to understand that you are already victorious in jesus that's your starting point don't start in your own strength don't start in your own power don't start in your own ability your starting point is knowing that jesus has given you victory then he says therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable Abounding, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let, let's break it down. Just I just want to share with us today. So it's more or less, it's, it looks like a Bible study or Bible teaching, whatever you want to call it. So Paul here now encourages us to be steadfast. Let's take that. We'll take it. We'll just break it down. Steadfast. You know, in the morning, when uh, at the beginning during the prayer, the opening prayer... Uh, Brother Saul was talking about the steadfast love of God. And when you hear the word steadfast, you should think about God first. Because if not for the steadfastness of God, you wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here. The steadfast love of the Lord never cease. It sees it's not. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness when you talk about steadfastness just think about god it is because of his steadfastness that you and i are still around it is because of his steadfastness that we are still breathing because god is a steadfast god he is the same yesterday today and tomorrow and that's just when we talk about the same yesterday today and tomorrow is because we are we do not have enough words or expressions to explain God because God exists before yesterday and after tomorrow there will be God the, stead- the steadfastness of God is eternal is beyond times Is beyond dispensations and so when we say yesterday today and tomorrow it's just so that we that is all the time that we can think of just because god is beyond our thoughts god is steadfast god is steadfast And so the Bible now, when we think about steadfastness, I think that's easy for you to understand now. When you know God is steadfast, it's because of his steadfastness that we are here. He has not failed us. He will not fail us. Amen. Amen. He is steadfast. Praise God. Just imagine if God had been unsteady. Just imagine if God has been very fickle. Just imagine if God today will be God, tomorrow he's not God. Just imagine if God loved you yesterday, today he's on vacation. You know, that's why it's funny when people think God just fluctuates like them. And so today, when you please him, he loves you. When you don't please him, he hates you. If God hates you when you displease him, how does he answer your prayer of forgiveness? Don't the Bible say, while we were yet sinners Christ died for us? We love him because he first loves us. In other words, whilst we were in hatred, God loves us. So he loves us. Then we love him. Glory to God. Listen to this. It is purely impossible to be able to do anything for God except he moves. That's the fundamental thing about Christianity. Whatever religion that anybody wants to do, they seek to find God. But in Christ, God seeks to find man. Wow. For what kind of righteousness or steadiness or faithfulness would you ever have that will qualify you for God? The Bible says all of our righteousness. They are like filthy rock before the righteousness of the Almighty God. The Bible says, even when we are at our wisest, the foolishness of God is wiser. Than the wisdom of man. That's how big God is. But you know, all of that God is steady. And that's why we are here. You're not going to look for him. And you won't find him. You're not going to knock the door. And he's not there. Seek. Ask and you shall receive. Seek you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. There's not a time that God is absent. He that watches over you. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Amen. He is always awake because of you. Amen. I've never known that if God chooses to sleep, he can do whatever he likes. But he's never tired. He's never weary. He's always steady. That's why he gives you strength when you are tired. That's why He can give you strength when you are weary. Because he is not tired. He is not weary. He is strong. Hallelujah. We serve a steady God. Look at your neighbor, tell the person, my God is steady. God is steady. Tell the person, my God doesn't fluctuate. God is he is always there. Always he is there. Jehovah Shammah. He is steady. Yeah. Glory yeah. to God, he is steady. Amen. So I don't know what you're going through right now. You're thinking, uh, uh, God is steady. You'll never fail, He will never falter. So when we think about steadfastness, I'm not not talking about God. That's just, by the way, uh, you know, because can I talk about steadfastness and not of God? So for us, in the same way, that gives us a good platform to understand. So let's take that first one steadfast. The question I want to ask you is this. Are you steadfast? Are you settled in your faith? the word steadfast if we quickly go back to hebrew I won't, I won't say that but you see it means the word it starts from the word "hedra," which means to be seated it means to be seated you know the way you're seated now that's what that's the root word is to be seated so when you're steadfast it means you are sitting down you are settled when you're steadfast, you're sitting down, you're settled, you are fixed on purpose. And some writers says that you have moral fixity. You're, you're steadfast, seated, sitting down, settled, amen. When a Christian is not steadfast, they're not settled in their faith. When a Christian is not steadfast, they need follow-up before they can come to church. When a Christian is not steadfast, they need somebody to, to, to encourage them to come to church. They're not settled in their faith. When someone is not steadfast, they need a lot of prompting up and encouragement and pushing and doing all of that because they do not have the they they, they, they do not have a fixed Purpose when it comes to their faith, fixed. They're not seated in their faith. They're not settled in their faith. They're not sitting in their faith. You know. Now, you know when you when you have a visitor in your house, you're most likely going to be able to tell whether they're going to stay long. You can just judge by them standing up or sitting down. True or false? If I come to your house and you just in a hurry, I'll probably stay outside you remember the way you were outside of people's house in covid amen (laughs) you probably stay outside because you can't stay and if you actually came inside the house you're probably just going to be there for a few seconds you're not going to sit down and then if people will be pestering you please sit down you know what they are trying to do they're trying to make you stay longer are you getting my point they're trying to stay longer there's something about sitting so the word steadfast idris i thought i wasn't going to say it. i've said it now you see that's what it is it's idris you see it means to be seated and settled you're comfortable in your place you're settled in your faith amen you're settled you're sitting down you're not in the hurry you're not standing up you're not waiting for somebody to move and to push no you are settled god is encouraging you and i please brothers and sisters to be settled in our faith to be seated in our faith when you are steadfast and settled in your faith listen to this there are many things i want to take you all, but you're going to be it's going to be more difficult amen steadfastness steadfastness second peter three seventeen to 18 you therefore beloved since you know this before beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior to him be glory both now and forever but listen listen to this beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness steadfastness so no now go to 58 first corinthians 15. it says therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable be steadfast immovable so second peter now this is somebody else talking now says beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness beware beware so you can fall from your own steadfastness amen you can fall from your own steadfastness i've seen you don't wait now 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 i'll use a word that you understand very well that's what we're taught in those olden, in those days that's the word backslide that's backslide backslide doesn't mean you are falling from salvation it means you're falling from steadfastness you're no longer rooted. You are become flimsy and fickle and fluctuating. You become relaxed when it comes to the things of God. The energy is wanting. Somebody needs to push you, press you. You lose interest. You become indifferent to the things of God. He said, "Beware." So the second word there is immovable, and some translation says, "Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you." Let nothing move you, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. How being led away with the error of the wicked? So you're sitting down, and somebody comes along and tells you a lot of stuff not right in line with scripture, you're gonna be led away with the error of the wicked. Amen. So you have been steadfast, you're seated, you're settled in your faith, serving the Lord. And then somebody comes around and says, you know what, well, you know, serving God is in our hearts. That's the error of the wicked. Serving God is in our hearts. Only God knows those who are serving Him. You don't have to be in church every day. You don't even have to be in the choir. That's the devil talking through a very beautiful sister or brother. Just the same. You're thinking, no, it can't happen. No, it happened one time peter's told jesus you are the son of the living god jesus said flesh and blood has not revealed to you you are very very anointed and the second time he said get thee behind me satan same guy maybe not too long from one time to the other he says be careful beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked and that's why you need, to be, you need to be careful what you allow in your life. Because something can lead you away from your own steadfastness. And that's why he's telling you, be immovable. Let nothing move you. This is your life. Don't be, don't, don't be apologetic about it. This is who I am. Be steadfast in your faith. Sit and settle in your faith. Take your root. Be settled. And let nothing move you. Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. Being led with the error of the wicked. But instead of falling from your steadfastness, you continue to grow in the grace of God and in the knowledge of God because if you are not growing in the grace of god and growing in the knowledge of god then the chances that you can easily be led away by the error of the wicked is very high oh come on are you listening to me now it's high because now you're steadfast you're serving the lord you're not feeding yourself you're not growing in grace there's no prayer there's no god's word you're not building yourself you don't have time for the scripture. You don't have time for the Bible. You don't have time to build yourself up. You know what's going to happen. You're going to become weaker in your steadfastness and then it's easy for you to be swept away. So how do you remain like this, immovable? Grow in the grace of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. See, this is what you do instead so that you're not being led away with the error of the wicked. Are you settled in your faith? Are you content with what you have in Christ? Are you fine with what God has done for you? Or you're still looking here and there trying to fix things and trying to find what will work? You need to be seated in your faith. Glory to God. Let nothing move you. Many things are happening around you. There are many things that might want to affect your heart. There are so many bad stories. There are so many painful stories. Let nothing move you. Somebody tells you that all the stories should always be beautiful. That's not true. You're going to hear something that's going to sadden your heart. You're going to something is going to happen. You're going to think, why is that going on? But let nothing move you because all of these things, the intention is to move you. It's to move you. I'll give you an example. There was a time in a friend's church, you know, they lost somebody in the church and then lost another one, another star. And then people in the church started, the mindset changed. And some people just say, you know, all of us, we die anytime. Anybody can die. See, that's exactly what the devil wants. They've been moved from their steadfastness of faith in believing that I shall not die but live to declare the works of God. You see, that's why you remember during the COVID stuff, I told us be careful and learn how to process the news. Because what the news wants to do is to move you. it's To move your faith. This thing can kill anybody. It's to move you. It's to move you. Be careful. Let nothing move you. Don't listen to the lies of Satan. Don't let those things move you. Praise God. Psalm 27, 3 to 4. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. I want somebody to say that after me. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Oh, come on, go ahead. Though war may rise against me, in this. I will be confident. Don't go to four yet. I want us to read three again. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this, who? In this, I'm not going to let anything affect me. So what do I do? The one thing I have desired of the Lord. Because without verse 4, verse 3 will not stand. It's just like what I read to you before. If you are not growing in the grace and the knowledge of God, it's easy to be swept away with the hair of the wicked and to fall from steadfastness. So he says, one thing. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Steadfastness. Focus. Fixation of purpose. One thing. The meaning of one thing there is not one thing as in one thing. You see, you can take it like that. But what it means is emphasis. What it means is this is it. What he's saying is, I have, my heart is fixed. My purpose is fixed. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. And how you will know that the one thing there, it doesn't mean one thing. It means emphasis. It means this is it. it's easy to understand just read on one thing i have desired of the lord that will i say that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life comma to behold the beauty of the lord too that's already two that's not one all right amen (laughs) so the one thing there is emphasis is stronger than thinking about one it means this is it amen this is it one thing this is it no alternatives amen that's what it means no alternatives no ifs and birds this is it one thing that I have desired of the Lord and I will seek after I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord amen but you see this is how to be steadfast this is how to have confidence this is how not to be moved and honey, my assurance shall not fear. Don't worry, me, rise, I will be confident. But is it in my own power? No. He said, because I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. It's because I'm going to abide in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to receive strength from the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord. And that's why I'm going to have strength. Glory to God. And that's why I'm not afraid. Of. You see, I am not afraid, not because I am strong in me, but I know that God is with me. Glory to God. I am not moved. No because i have all the strength and the power but because i know the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous they run to it and they are safe you see it is not in my power it is because god is with me hallelujah you see the, 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 the devil is all right when you want to run with your own strength because the bible makes you clear that the hammer flesh will fail by strength shall no man prevail is that in your Bible? So why come up with your strength? But a strength of the Lord. May the Lord strengthen you from your inner man. Oh, I said, may the Lord strengthen you from your inner man. May you find strength that only God gives. So may you find strength that by the grace of God. May you find strength that only God gives. So that even when outwardly he even when outwardly he looks as if we're wasting away but on the inside there is a power my God. There is an anointing there is a fuel from the inside there is something that is moving us from the inside of us that is beyond our own power. That is beyond our own ability. So don't look at me because you can't see what is Moving me the power of God, you say so. I'm not moved. You know that song, I'm not moved. You don't know it, I that's what's called steadfastness. I'm not moved by what I hear, but what I'm only moved by the word of God moved by the word of god listen to this there's so many things that are going to happen around don't let nothing move you be moved by the word of god be immovable be immovable be immovable. It's a choice you have to make. But what gives you strength to make such choices is when you are planted and rooted, growing in the grace of God, growing in the knowledge of God, dwelling in the house of the Lord, letting the Word of God be supreme in your life, and allowing the Holy Spirit to take charge of you. Be immovable. It is possible. Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, say the Lord. Only God's Word moves you, Amen. Only the Word of God moves you. wait a minute if you're not steadfast in your faith and you decide to move what can you move when the bible makes it clear but by worrying you cannot even harder a it to your own life oh wait a minute let's even say you are permitted to worry then what do you get after it all right now things are going bad okay go ahead and worry and move is that going to change it will that change it okay worry and do everything is your worry going to bring interest rate down or reduce inflation? Or for your parents or family that are maybe in Nigeria, Ghana, and wherever in the world, is it going to stop the inflation going on there? Because sometimes when you are in a country, you think you're the worst, but what many of us don't know that England is still doing well with inflation. Even compared to some Western countries. Praise God. Somebody was telling me, think in Canada now, I think house prices are already wanting to go down. That's not happened yet in UK. So you think UK is the worst? No. There is no place that is better than any place. The place that is best for you is the place that there is God. If God be for us. It doesn't matter where we are. If God be for us. If God be for us, war. If God be for us, it doesn't really matter what is against us. Though an army rise up, though war break loose, though the news is not favorable. If God be for us in all of these things, look at some third person, you are immovable so let nothing move you let's move on quickly and then so therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast look at your neighbor tell the person you are steadfast you are are strong strong. settled Settled. Established. established wow Look at that person again and tell the person you are immovable. You are strong. No shaking. No movement. You are solid. No evil can move you. No disease can move you. No bad news can shift you. You are rooted in Christ. And then he moves on now this is very important so we're back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord Woo! listen to this statement spiritual indifference and idleness will definitely affect the steadfastness of your faith Spiritual indifference. Spiritual indifference. You know what I, what I mean by that? Spiritual indifference is you're cold. God says, seeing that you're neither cold nor hot, I will spill you out of my mouth. God doesn't like it. The Bible spoke about God looking for someone to destroy the enemy and it found Jehu who drove furiously. Spiritual apathy is dangerous. And what our environment and the world wants to do now is to make our spirituality indifferent, Just to make it easy. Relaxed. No big deals. God lost us anyway. And after all said and done, God lost us. No matter what you can do. And I'm one of the first persons to preach that. God is not angry with you. He's never angry with you. You cannot out. You cannot, you cannot. undo the goodness of God because of your own personal wickedness. You cannot do evil sufficiently enough to make God bad. God is not going to change his own standard of purity because of you and suddenly quickly become a wicked God just so that he can punish you, no? And so we become so relaxed and we forget what I want to speak about now. It says, be steadfast in your faith. Be immovable. And I've told you why. We can spend spend time on that, but I think the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart. Be immovable. Many stories will come. Stuff will come. People will preach stupid things. People will do things. Let me just say this, by the way. Listen to this. The Christianity that cannot change your moral framework is fake. I'll explain. It can't be God and still not be God. It can't be God and be Satan. You can't have God and your moral framework is not altered. You can't daily be in the spirit and be comfortable with unforgiveness. You cannot you can't it's impossible it's impossible you see this is some of the lie of the devil listen to this you cannot drink milk and milk is not in your body Anybody here, you have, you know, you remember when you were in school in those days that your parents didn't have a lot of money and then you lied to your friends that you had bread and egg in the morning, or just follow the story now. And then you told your friends you had bread and egg in the morning and something went wrong with your stomach and then you started vomiting and it was a banegusi goosey soup. Eh? Am I talking to anybody here? Uh, because it's not what you say that you will matter, it's what goes in amen it's what goes in that comes out you can tell anybody you 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 know oh this morning you know i had i had a nice breakfast uh, you know bacon and egg full english breakfast <laughs> and then we just saw his soup. that's it that's what you've had because you see it's what you take in that comes out so the same thing with god when you take god him hallelujah and you take the word of god in what's gonna come out of you is god God, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your spirit, your behavior is formed. Listen to this. Show me a man, and I will tell you the spirit of the man. I'm telling you the truth. You see, what we see on the outside is a representation of what is inside. If you're always angry and dull, there's something wrong with your heart. We can try to shift it, but you see, we can't help you. Always moody, always sad, always angry with somebody, always complaining, always grumbling. Now, it's not the people that are your problem. You are your own problem because something is wrong with your own heart. Because, you see, we're quick to blame people. We're quick to shift it. No, it's you. So, let's move on now. So, it's says, be steadfast be immovable oh i just struggle to get away from this being immovable amen you see when you are a christian you have to get to a place that some things are settled you must have fixed moral boundaries you see there are suggestions people can bring to you there are things that people can say where you are Uh, you understand it it could even be your sister and your brother that there are things they won't say when you are listening Don't let nothing, don't let anything move you from the steadfastness of your faith. Are you still with me? Always abounding in good works. God, respect good works from us. I've explained this thing to you. Listen to this. The good works pre-salvation are not acceptable to God. They No, let me put it like this. Good works before salvation cannot take you to heaven. But you cannot have salvation and not have good works. It's not what you try to have, it's who you have become. Hello? It's not what you are trying to be, it's who you have become. You see, this is how Christianity is supposed to be. You shouldn't have to pray that God help me to forgive. No, you shouldn't have to pray. He says he says he says they will not be taught my law for I will write it upon the tablet of their heart. You shouldn't have to pray and pray and fast for you to forgive someone. No! That is the long route to the place because you're doing it in the flesh. Because you're trying to fix it. You're trying hard to be what God has made you to be. Just be what God has made you to be. That's why one of the greatest things you can do as a Christian is to learn the principles of humility, which is submission to the word and the perfect will of God. Some of us say humility is, a, is a how you walk and how you dress. Lying devil. No, it's got nothing to do with that. Humility has everything to do with the word of God. It's how submissive are you to God's word. Is how obedient are you to God's word? Can you not read about Jesus Christ? The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. Blah 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 blah. He humbled himself to the death of the cross. Why? And then because of his obedience, he obeyed. That's humility. So Christians, we struggle to do good works before we are, because we are proud. What do I mean by proud? You are trying to fix you and do it by your own strength and your own power and prove a point to somebody. No, you need to just learn to relax and trust the Holy Spirit and depend on the finished work of Christ. I told us before at the beginning, listen carefully to this. Your starting point is the finished work of Christ. The meaning of that is whatever you are starting has already been finished. Is that not good news? So why do we like the kind of Christianity that makes life so hard? The one that you have to fast and pray before you forgive? The one you have to fast and pray before you have wisdom? Amen. Abounding always, always abounding in good works. Idleness is dangerous. You can't be a Christian and be steadfast and be immovable and you are idle. It's not scriptural. Because when you are not abounding in good works, I'm telling you the truth. Your steadfastness will be shaken. No matter how steadfast you are, if you are idle with the things of the spirit, if you are idle with the things of the spirit, the devil's heart, the devil's heart, the devil's fingers, it's idleness is the devil's workshop. If you are idle with the things of the spirit, there's no reason to come to church. Listen to this. Let me just say this to you now you're going to get angry now but listen to me i speak as an oracle of god don't be angry now listen carefully to this i don't mean to have a go at anybody but just listen to this how can you consistently maintain spirituality when you don't have time for god how can you operate the way god wants you to operate when you don't have time for your bible ow 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 know when people say things like children are difficult to train in this country the children that you have sent to walk the children that don't have time for god only a miracle can make them to stay in church that is not devil leave the guy out of it that's not devil that's you that's not satan come on that's not satan if satan is as as you think he is, none of us will be here today. <laughs> Many of us will be here with one eye, one leg, one eye, one kidney. If we are here, oh, I'm telling you, that guy is bad. Satan is worse than what you think. If not for God, no, no, they get, listen to this. The Bible said, Design cannot perform his enterprise. If the guy can do what he wants, you wouldn't even be here. So, those things you are complaining about the guy, the guy is thinking that if I am the one. <laughs> if i am allowed if i am the one look at some 30 person god doesn't allow the devil to have a free whatever in your life you know god doesn't allow the devil to have a free goal in your life no 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 jesus said i saw the guy fell from heaven he said nothing shall by any means hurt you No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. Everything you complain that the devil is doing for you is not the devil, the guy is not that powerful. If you think if you allow that guy in your life, you won't be here. When you see people on the street that the devil is doing with you, we know. Hello, you will know. I'm telling you, that guy is dangerous, amen. Look at your neighbor, tell the person, abound in good works. Abound. Abound. So what he's saying is, we should not just do good work, we should just just do enough. Now, everything I've said, I've just told you about doing good works. But that's not the scripture. The scripture says, always abounding. In fact, here now, Paul was not interested in just doing good works. Paul is interested in abounding in good works. And this is profound. The word translated abounding here means to super abound in quantity and quality. You see, people come to church, they talk about good works, you talk about serving God, talk about good works, any good works, in and out of church, in your family, in your marriage. You know you have good works in your home good works forgiveness helping doing stuff with your with your wife or your children or whatever doing works now the, the, the this scripture is not just talking about doing good works it's talking about abounding in good works in other words you see paul is already stalking from the position that you already you are aware that you have to do good works so what he's saying is always abounding in good works he's not suggesting to you to do good works here. Oh, glory to God. Anybody following me? He's telling us now to abound in good works. What does he mean to abound? To superabound in quantity, in quality. To be in excess. To be superfluous. That's the meaning of abound. What Paul is saying is, don't just do good works, abound in good works. Do good work superfluously. Do good works in excess. Do good work. You need to super abundantly do good works, in quality and in quantity. That's the Greek word here. That's what it means. It's super abundance. So you do good works, not small. You do it today. You do it again. It's like buying a gift for somebody. The person say likes it, you buy another one. The person say likes it, say like buy another one. And then the person say, ah, oh, this is too much. Yeah, done now. That's what it means. To super abundant, to exceed, or you are bound super abundance that's what he meant by abounding in good works listen to this you can very you can tell very well that even the pastor that is speaking to you it will be hard for me to now say therefore that i'm abounding in good works the way god wants me to abound so we are pushing ourselves tell your neighbor keep on moving we cannot continue to be steadfast Unmovable. if we fold our hands and do nothing about the things of the kingdom. Listen to this. The moment you stop good works and the moment you stop doing things for the kingdom, it naturally affects your steadfastness. But you read Bible. It's there. And you, you, you see, many of us have experienced that before. When you, when you cut off work for God, when you cut off good works, you understand? When you begin to say our Christianity is in our heart, we don't need to come to church. It begins to affect the steadfastness of your faith. That's what happens. And if anybody here wants to be sincere, you will know that that's what it is. is. It, 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 It—it's This is Bible. It affects you. Because you cannot be out of it and still be in it. You cannot. How can, you don't have two lives. We put Christianity aside. No, we cannot put Christianity aside. If you put it aside, then it's aside. Can you eat your cake and have your cake? No. It says, if you want to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in good works. You do them together. Very important. Colossians chapter 1, to 12, I read. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Who Look at this. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. To walk worthy of something is to walk in alignment with it. Is to walk according to what it represents. To walk worthy of your dad is to represent your dad appropriately. Are you, you following what I'm talking about? That's what it means to walk worthy of something. So you see, the Bible talks about walking worthy of your calling. Amen. So if God has called you to be to be a singer, then you have to walk worthy of that. If God has called you to be to be a preacher, you have to walk worthy of that. So he's saying here now that you may walk worthy of the Lord. and you in the Lord, there is a way to walk worthy of the Lord so that you can please Him. Ow. Being fruitful in every good work. You know, you know, I say this a lot. Take it away from your Bible, it's still in mine. And it's in Google. Amen. Uh, tear it away from your Bible. If you're angry with it, tear it out. But that's it. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. Fully listening out being fruitful in every good work we back to knowledge and increasing in the knowledge of God uh, 11 strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience steadfastness and long suffering with joy Our starting point is always the finished work of Christ. See it again. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Uh, The inheritance of the saints in light. Now I'll take you to the last one now. It says be steadfast immovable always abounding in good words knowing 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 that your labor is not in vain in the lord hebrews chapter 6 verse 9 to 12 12 but behold we are confident of better things concerning you yes Things that accompany salvation. Things that accompany salvation. So there are things that accompany salvation. Amen. That we speak in this manner. For listen, for be, listen, be Lord. We are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, the things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner, for God it's not unjust to forget your work and labor of which you have shown to his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope, not for some time, not some days, Not when you feel like it. No. Until the end that you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience, steadfastness, inherit the promises. the day it registered in you listen carefully to this you know we say this thing a lot god will not forget your labor of love which you have turned to, to the saints knowing that your labor in the lord is not in vain the day you grasp that sentence in your spirit your walk for god will change the day you grab it you know we say it with our mouth you know you don't understand it the day you conclude within yourself and you know that there is reward in heaven That day, the way you do everything will change. That day, you would suddenly realize that 10 billion pounds on earth is useless and it's not as powerful as the investment into the kingdom of God. The day you grasp that, many Christians don't understand this. And that's why... People have to run after you to give to god you do not understand philippians chapter 4 you don't understand paul said not that i desire a gift he said but that something will be credited to your account in heaven amen these are simple things sometimes i'm thinking how many christians genuinely understand that this is not all Or how many Christians, let me tell you something. I was sharing with a friend. One of the greatest wisdom you can have in life is the wisdom to understand that there is a day of death. I spoke to someone and said, Pastor, the way you just talk about this thing, I said, no, it's not a taboo. It's true. We all here, we're going to sleep in the Lord. The only prayer is we should not die before our time. But that we would die yes i'll show you this i want you to do good works god wants you to do good works he says teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom why should we number our days what he's saying is this your brain will be correct you will apply your heart to wisdom when you know you are getting old and that you are getting closer and that they say please we are all going that's the meaning teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart wisdom because people who don't number their days they don't think properly but listen to this the good news your labor in the Lord is not in vain so look at these four things and as the way they are linked anybody understand very well jesus let's talk about a few people with steadfastness for about a few minutes jesus endured the cross why i'm talking about that end now be steadfast be immovable always abounding in good work knowing that your labor is not in vain put those two four things together now jesus endured the cross he was steadfast in the things that god wanted him to do it remained immovable Jesus had opportunities to move. There was some time they wanted to crown him king quick. He remained irremovable. He stayed. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. Amen. And then what happened? The Bible said, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The day your eyes open to see that there is a crown awaiting, it changes the entire game for you take the course hallelujah Paul remains steadfast immovable if he had to fight beasts at Ephesus he fought beasts at Ephesus he was healing, delivering and doing good work knowing that there is a crown awaiting one time Paul said I've even finished the race he said the crown is waiting there these things are linked what about the heroes of faith Go and read Hebrews 11. The state and says The Bible says, Because they're looking for a city (laughs) whose builder and architect is God. God. Until you see beyond this earth, your Christianity will be fickle. Your service to God will be flat. Your giving to God will be flat. Your investment of time will be flat. If you understand That there is a hereafter, your steadfastness will move to the next level. Because you know that after all said and done, all of this will fade away. All of this will end. All of this will be forgotten. The Bible says what a foolish man is that built a lot of wealth to live to a foolish son that will come after him. He's just trying to say, our own son will not be like that in Jesus' name. But the point here is this. It needs to be wise. Oh, I can talk about more. What about David? David was ordained king. Remained steadfast. He was walking. What about Joseph? What about Joseph? I have a dream. Joseph said at the beginning of his life. he knew he had a destination but what did he do he remained steadfast immovable how was he immovable you remember Mrs. Potiphar anybody remember Mrs. Potiphar Mrs. Potiphar did whatever she could do and even landed the guy in prison immovable One time he translated dreams for the cobbler and the other guy. And he told them, remember me when you get there. They didn't. He remained. But then he became. Be like those who with patience and faith inherit the promise.